Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. It's the long week end edition of the Woot and Why Show and I'm joined on the hotline bling by my buddy Woot. How are you going this morning? This fine morning, yes. Uh, Daylight Savings was very kind to us, not... Not really, yeah. yeah. That's the worst part of the long weekend. I'm not a fan of the the short hour, but uh, yeah, we get an extra day, so we'll we'll be right. Yeah, we'll be right. I, I'm I'm a fan of daylight savings though because I like the extra sunlight. Uh, for you know most of the evening, it, it means I can you know get a sneaky you know round of golf in in an afternoon, back nine, mm. um, you know all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the avid golfer that you are. I've, yeah, we have we haven't played golf together in since the last daylight savings. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Speaking of that, when, when you know, pre-iPhone, where your iPhone would automatically change your phone at the time when daylight savings kicked in, I used to open up my parents' shop on a Sunday morning, and I automatically turned my phone back itself when I first got my iPhone, and then it did it automatically. So I got there like an hour and a half early and sat there for ages, and I was like, why is no one coming in? And I realized it was because it was like 5 in the morning. Brilliant. Some, you know, lighthearted news. This week, Lady Gaga is, is announced that she will be the halftime headline act at Super Bowl 51 in Houston in February in 2017. Thoughts on... Lady Gaga and her disco stick heading to the halftime stage. And her disco stick. Yep, that's a Brilliant. That's, a, that's a song. If anyone doesn't get that, I'm not I'm not um, alluding to her just, having a disco just, stick. Rude. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, that's. I mean, it's fine. It's just the next act. We'll we'll see how it is. We'll judge it when it when it happens. But yeah, that no, should be all right. I guess. What, what I guess what's... she's gonna have some weird outfits, you know it already. Yeah, exactly. What songs would you want to hear, if any? Uh, <laughs> I don't mind her new hit. I have not heard what's that. It... Uh, what's it called, Lady Gaga? By the way, hey, I don't know. She, she did have a uh, top ten single with Beyonce back in two thousand and nine. So maybe we could see Beyonce on the Super Bowl stage for the third time in five years. Would that be crazy? That would be crazy, especially because like, didn't didn't Beyonce try to charge charge them uh, performance? Dude, I'm pretty they, sure she. I thought they got paid anyway. Uh, no, they don't get paid. Really? So they they oh. do it for free, and the exposure that the Super Bowl gives them. Yeah. This is my understanding. Okay. That the Super Bowl gives them, and then Beyonce tried to charge them for her services, but she's done it like she's done it twice now. She's. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening. She, but, hasn't, she hasn't got enough money. Like, seriously. Yeah, she she doesn't. No, but Lady Gaga, there's going to be some crazy outfits. So I think that's what I'm looking for the most. The most. Oh, no, 
Perfect Illusion is her new song. Okay. Have you heard that thing? No, I haven't. I'll have, I'll have a listen after we've hit, after we've recorded this uh, podcast. But I think, you know, Katy Perry rocked up on like a giant, like robotic lion. I think Gaga can take it to a whole new level. So we'll wait and see what that She'll is. She'll come in wearing another meat dress. Did you see that last time? <laughs> and then they let out wolves and she has to run. That would be entertaining. Sounds like the Hunger Games. But anyway, um, <laughs> last little bit of news before we hit up the Thursday Night Football recap is... The latest product of NFL's marketing machine is a limited edition line of T-shirts made with the help of 30 musical artists. So local bands and teams like join together to make some shirts. I, I thought Dan Hansis' uh, take on the issue was, was great. He said, Ever thought to yourself, damn, if only there was a shirt that repped my favorite NFL team as well as a successful recording artist who hails from the same region as that team? Well, hold on to your butts. It's here. <laughs> so those shirts are pretty bad, except for maybe the Washington one that had the whale like logo yeah, at the top right. Yeah, which is the most basic thing, which is nearly the most, you know, furthest removed from the rest of the shirts. Yeah, because it's the... just plain white with like a tiny logo at the top right corner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And some of them, like, credit to them, like some of them aren't that bad. Like, they're okay, but... It's just dumb. Like no one, no one thinks this way. No one goes, "All right." For example, we'll just use the Swans because they're in the grand final. We don't think, "Oh, the Swans and ACDC. Let's make a shirt like that." It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, the Melbourne Actually, Storm. Actually, that's a great idea. We should do that. <laughs> the Melbourne Storm and Birds of Tokyo. Let's do that. <laughs> Brilliant. Actually, that would be hilarious too. You can imagine lightning. <laughs> and stuff from the storm. Come. <laughs> Hitting birds. Wait, in Tokyo as well. That's weird. Yeah. That that's be... two different cities. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Um, if you do own one of those shirts or are thinking about purchasing one of those shirts, please let me know so I can unfollow you on Twitter. Um, Ooh. And let me know so I can follow oh. you and look at all your photos <laughs> of you and your shirt. Yeah. Is there a mashup that you would like to see if, like, if you were ever going to buy a shirt like that? Or would you just, like, just get rid of all mashups with NFL and music or NFL and pop culture no, or whatever, and I, just I burn them I'd all go, to the ground. No, it'd be, it'd be okay if you could, um, so like say, I don't know, where, I think like, if, is Kanye from Chicago? So then Kanye would be... Uh, Doesn't you know, Kanye have a logo where he's a bear anyway? Actually, that's right. So they should have done something like that. Yeah. That would be cool. But that's not, you know, that's not quite Yeezy's brand. That's not, yeah. No, yeah, he just has a, like a billion dollar... Sneak a deal or something. Exactly. So, anyway. All right, let's move on to the Thursday night football recap. It was a bit of a dud game. Earlier, it looked like it was going to be quite a good one after Miami, you know, hit up a 7-0 lead. Kenny Stills actually hung onto the ball. And Sorry, by the way. Kanye's from Atlanta. So, before we get spammed with oh, Kanye's okay. not from Chicago. Yeah, but he, he's from he spent a lot of time in Chicago. Like He, he did. He, did. Yeah, he calls like he calls Chicago home, really. But, uh, yeah, and then... Cincinnati obviously fought back, and then it turned out into an absolute fizzer of a game in the second half. But AJ Green was just an absolute monster. Ten passes, 173 yards, and a touchdown. He just was a weapon. He just showed everything on the field. Tough catches in traffic, diving for catch in the middle of the field in the slot, a deep pass where he just jumped over Lippet, and then there was one where the ball floated close to the gr- ground. He showed soft hands and just catched it, and oh, he was he was everywhere. Yeah, and if you listen to the Moneyball podcast, yep, 
we mentioned AJ Green. We did. So hope you played him. I think we're back. I think we're we're bouncing back from our uh yeah our week four money ball woes because yeah not the not the best not the best week. Yeah, but we're uh it's just we're just getting we're you know in tipping as well. We're off to a slow start. We're just rolling. We're like Seattle. Like we'll be there. You know when the Super Bowl and the playoffs come around, we'll just be in fine form. Yeah, we're we're just you know we're feeling ourselves out. That sounded weird. We're feeling the season out. Very weird. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're right, we'll 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 bounce back. I'm, like this week is difficult, but it's the kind of week that we'll just go with our gut and we'll. We'll smash it out. Hopefully. Hopefully. That but, is um, correct. Yeah, no. AJ Green is we mentioned at the like the beginning of the season that he was you know, he was incredible and that we thought, um, you know, especially early in the season with Eifert out that he was gonna get a ton of targets and nothing seems to phase him. No. He's just expecting the ball now. So He's yeah. a he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL, and he's still underrated. How, like, how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> I tried to think of it, and it just didn't make sense to me. But it, that's exactly what it is, though. No, no, can't exactly explain it. He's maybe, maybe just because he's not, you know, as out there. He's not like the OBJs of the world and saying how great he is. He just goes out, dominates, goes home. He's quite a quiet type of dude as well. So it is. It is. I think he's like. He's exactly like Megatron, because like he, Megatron was like dominant and would just you know I like that keep to himself kind of thing. And mm. AJ, he, well AJ always trained with Megatron, didn't he? Yeah. So he was like before the season, he was always going out there. And I remember um, Calvin saying like how good AJ Green was when he was a rookie. So mm, exactly, I, I actually think he's the second best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, I just think he's doing everything right, and if. Antonio Brown wasn't in the NFL. AJ Green v Julio Jones would be the conversation in the NFL for who's the best wide receiver. But I think it's it's clear that AJ and Julio are, are battling for that second spot on that All Pro team behind uh, Antonio Brown. On the Miami side of the ball, gambling Gase he made some massive lineup changes before the game started, benching Maxwell for Tony Lippert, a former wide receiver converted to corner, named Damian Williams a starter, made some changes on the offensive line. I liked it from Gase because he promised players that if they didn't perform or, you know, had attitude issues during the week or, you know, things like that, that they would be benched and that they their spots were in jeopardy. And he reinforced that. And that might, you know, didn't really work in the matchup. Obviously, their offense really stagnant and things like that. But I think long term, that might actually put a rocket up the squad and prove that he's not just all talk, that he is he's a man of his word. Well, you hope so, because Damian Williams isn't the future. No. I don't know how he keeps <laughs> finding his way back into the starting lineup. He's the new but, Daniel yeah. Thomas. Yeah, exactly. So, oh well. Yep. We'll just uh, see how that goes. I can't see him, I can't see him uh, keeping this like this team for much longer. Like, not he's not going to get fired, but I'm saying the team that he put out against Cincinnati. I can't see that happening every single week. No, no, exactly. Obviously, some people will, uh, you know, take the benching and, and really work hard and, and stick it stick it back up to Gase and say, look, you should have benched me and, and prove it on the field. But this this offense, obviously, first nine drives, only one lasted more than four plays. Tannehill called it the worst performance he's seen from his offense in a long time and conceded after the game that they're in a dark spot right now. But it's not all on Tannehill. Their O-line was destroyed, especially Jerron Bushrod and J1 James just got destroyed by Atkins and, and Carlos Dunlap. But it just seems... Look, I'm not going to rule them out. No, 
I'm ruling the Dolphins out. Their, their season's done. They can't make the playoffs. But I'm not, I'm talking about their offense. I'm not ruling out it getting better because I think Adam Gase just needs some time. Yeah, no, like I can definitely see them improving. Yep. But to a point where they're no. <laughs> and if they don't, do you think it's do you think the Dolphins organization have given Gase? You know, like you you can you know make your decision up at the end of the year if you want to move forward with Tannehill, or we give you permission to scout other quarterbacks and and do what you want to to bring in more talent. I don't because... think it. See, I don't think it would be Gase though. It's not Gase. I can't like. There's not enough in that team for it to be successful. There's not enough offensive weapons, and Tannehill's just has been a constant letdown for some time now. Like he's just an average middle of the road quarterback who is really streaky. And you know he'll have those drives where he'll, you know he'll get he'll connect nine out of ten times and just look brilliant. And you think why is everyone complaining about him? And then you'll have three consecutive drives where he'll go three now, make stupid throws, mm. and things like that. But yeah. I mean, De- Devante Parker's there. You know they're kind of like bright future when it comes to like wide receiver and stuff like that he's a big body and he's like he's a good route runner and things like that but they need more around him i know jarvis landry is a freak and catches everything but he doesn't have that frame of a you know number one wide receiver he's a talented player and he's a reception machine but we were just talking about aj green and they're completely nothing alike so Mm. yeah and in the running game there's just you know ajay and Kenyon drake are just not the no, no they're, they're not setting the world on fire. No, they're not. And the, I think it's, I think the the major issue is that offensive line up front, and they they need to give Tannehill some time to let plays develop, to let Landry and let Parker get open and 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 try and let those route develops and get the time. The first drive he had time and he found Kenny Stills, and then after that the the Bengals defensive line just took over. But we'll wait and see with Miami. But it just seems like that it's been the same Miami team for like seven or eight years, no matter who they bring in, they have the same issues and the same shortcomings in the season. I feel for Dolphins fans because it is, it is incredibly frustrating. But uh, let's move on to our uh, week four preview. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. We uh, started off Thursday night with a winner, both taking Cincinnati minus seven, and, they're getting, and they got home for us. Let's move on to the first game. It is a London game tonight, which is uh, London, which is always fun. You sound like you're from London. I remember doing this last <laughs> year, and uh, we were having, we were getting votes on who had the best British accent. Yeah, you trumped absolutely trumped me, mate. Uh, trumped every time. Beat me. See how I used the word trump there just to subtle, I was say, subtle can we not use yeah, su- just a subtle dig at you, mate. It's it's all fine. Uh, my Colts are classified as the away team, but it is in London. Tonight at 12.30, so it's a big night for sports fans. You go from the NRL Grand Final to a bit of EPL, a bit of Ryder Cup, and then you got the London games into the 3am slate. So, interesting game. The Lions at 2.5, my Colts are minus 2.5, Jacksonville plus 2.5. You can get $1.87 for the Jacksonville Jags, and the Colts minus 2.5 at $1.95. If Jacksonville lose this game, is Gus Bradley going to be fired? If I was the Jags, I would do that. Khan mm. seems like... Um, even though you know he's a he's a happy fan, uh, I, he is a businessman. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I would happy say fans can would, become unhappy I, very quickly. Yeah, I want to go. Yes, okay. It does seem to be the trend. Hmm. What's your thoughts on on the game? I like the Colts. I do like the Colts. Minus two and a half. I think. I don't think you can just go to another country and escape your problems if you're the Jags. 
They're they're struggling on offense and defense. Blake Bortles is just uh, man, not looking good. No, not he's looking he's, reg- good. he's looks like he's regressed. His footwork's yeah. weird, and his mechanics look like he's back as a rookie. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this this defense is looking really shaky, especially because they were you no, know, you know, they were everyone was talking about them as if they were them in Oakland. They, they were the hot teams leading into the season, and now the the secondary for the Jaguars is just looking rubbish. So they're giving up over like three hundred yards a game or something. So, mm. but Jalen Ramsey looks looks good. Like he looks stingy as a as a corner. Like he's going to be tough to to beat to beat and he looks like he's going to develop nicely. So that that's a one shining light for their secondary. Yeah. There's bet I mean like we've seen in Arizona we think they have an elite defense but just one bad corner lets you down. So I think well uh I think I, I like Indianapolis and this could be Bradley's last game. It is. It's uh end of the year end of an era for for Bradley being left in London if they if they lose this game. I I like the Colts as well. I'm going to take them. It's less than a field goal. If it pushes out past the field goal, that could change my mind a little bit. But right now, minus two and a half. I do like the Colts. I've got some players back on defense, which I mentioned during the week in our other, our other show. Henry Anderson. Um, there's a there's a Colts guy. I can't remember. He he's been doing all these vines the last few days of Henry Anderson, and he just makes such a huge difference in getting pressure straight up the middle. He can beat those guards easily. And Clayton Gathers and Vontae Davis makes it our secondary. A little bit harder to pass on than it normally did with. Uh, I'm just making up guys now. We had we had like Kevin James, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock just playing defensive backs, and uh, yeah, that we were we were getting beat. So it was uh, it wasn't fun. So having them back makes it a lot harder. And I think uh, when I look at this game, I look who's more likely to turn the ball over, and, and that's Blake Bortles. And I think the Colts will uh, come away with a win. Another AFC South matchup is the Tennessee Titans on the road at Houston. The line is at minus four and a half, and it's a pick 'em in terms of price at a dollar ninety-one each way. The Houston Texans are coming off a embarrassing loss in New England. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this game because of uh, the early game last week, but no JJ Watt for the Houston Texans. No, that is a bummer. I don't know how they're going to cope with this loss. I'm not sure if it's gonna. You know, if Bill O'Brien's going to have the team fired up and they're going to go out there just completely ready to go, or you know, if they're going to kind of have their heads down because of it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this team reacts. Mm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Who who were you taking? I originally, when I didn't know what was out, I thought Houston was a sure thing, but now I think I'm liking Tennessee. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Tennessee plus four and a half as well. I. I found this interesting. The only thing Houston has done really, really well through the first three weeks is defend the pass. And Tennessee like to run the ball. And the Texans have scored just three touchdowns on offense. Their 1.11 points per drive ranks last in the NFL. They're not good throwing the ball. They're 29th in DVOA or running their 31st. And their special teams ranks 31st in DVOA as well. And their run defense is 22nd in DVOA, giving up 4.8 yards per attempt. So I just think, like, Houston, a little bit overrated. I, I think Tennessee are quite stingy on, on defense and can run the ball well. If if Mike Malarkey can at least get Derrick Henry in this game a little bit early and often, I think they can cover this line. And it wouldn't surprise me if they outright, outright win the game. No, it wouldn't surprise me either. And if they, they, kind of, they just need a game plan. They just need something better from Malaki. They mm. just need—I don't know what it is. They just, they just need 
I don't know. They they need to if they get down um, early or you know Houston does come out firing. They need some I don't know some order. They need to keep order. So because we've seen that Mariota can make all the throws. It's just a matter of you know if they ha- if they know what they're doing. It gets to a point where they're just like, all right, Delaney Walker's covered. We can't run the ball now. What like it's just mm. they, they need something else. And yeah. I mean Tajay Sharp's coming along, but. Bloody hell. Yeah, it is. It's tough. And look, they, they only seem to pass the ball well when the game looks to be over and they they wait till the last possible minute to start somewhat of a passing offense. So they need to get the balance early. And I know Houston defend the pass well, but if they can at least get some throwing in, into the game early, then you know Houston have to respect the pass, which will help the run. So we'll wait and see how they go. But we're both taking Tennessee here, plus four and a half. That is correct. All right, moving on, we've got the Cleveland Browns on the road. Seven and a half dogs here from the dog pound. They're playing Washington, minus seven and a half. Pick them in price at $1.91 with William Hill. I, I like Cleveland here, plus seven and a half. I, I just think uh, a touchdown is too much. Washington um, obviously beat the Giants last week on the road, which was impressive, but I rewatched that game, and they should have lost by, like, 14 points. I don't understand how the Giants didn't run away with that game, and I think that's more on the Giants than Washington, and that's got a lot to do with the OBJ type of stuff that we talked about during the week, and and just Washington being a little bit desperate, being 0-2 and backed into a corner, and now that they've had that win, I can see Cleveland um, coming out here and you know being a bit of an ambush game from them and, and coming away with a win. I, I see Washington similar to Buffalo last week. They They had to play well in that game. That was like a Savage dog game where you're back into the corner and you've got to really, really pull a win out and it takes all all your energy to do it. And I think uh, Cody Kessler wasn't that bad and Terrell Pryor being put into the game plan heavily is going to be hard for Washington to answer. Brashad Breland's going to miss the game. D'Angelo Hall's out. So they've only really got Josh Norman in that secondary that scares you. Yeah, but still, Terrell Pryor and Kessler aren't scaring me. They're just, just not doing it for me. I can't, I can't back Cleveland. Okay. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I, uh, no, I've ruined our streak. We're going. We need to have some different. Um, we, do. we normally have one or but... two different. And we split them. <laughs> that's how it normally works. <laughs> I know, but no, this could this could be a like a steady the ship game for Washington. I know they. Um, I know they won last week, but this could be a, a steady the sh- like, right the ship game and go into uh, week five. You know, mm. sailing smoothly if you like. Sorry, there's a lot of. A lot of boat analogies there. It's um, but, it's, it's great. It's a lot of boat talk. Yeah, no, but I think this is the team for to get right against. There's not enough. There's not enough pressure. There's there's not enough. Uh, you know, the 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 corners in the um, secondary aren't good enough to cover Crowder and uh, Deshaun Jackson. They're just not. So I, I can't see Cleveland staying in this, especially for seven and a half. Mm, I can see a lot of points being scored, uh, and you're right. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington run away with this game, but I just think, you know, Hugh Jackson has some has this team doing some really creative stuff on offense, and, and they got the running backs heavily involved, and Washington can't defend the run, so I can see them keeping it close for, for a long but time in this game. They've just got no... Um, like, they've got... I mean, I'm sure they're are things that they haven't shown anyone yet. But now, at least Washington's seen that, hey, they might get Terrell Pryor involved. Yeah. Was the word, so you're, was, was the word you're looking for before, like, identity? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. 
But um, there was also the um, Coleman. Coleman is out, yes. Yes, he uh, he's got another three or four weeks out. So that hurts. Yeah, I don't don't like it. If they had Coleman last week, they probably could have won that game um, against yeah, Miami. No. It's uh, if they could have kicked a field goal as well, they probably could have won that game. But I can't wait till Tuesday night when we talk about how Cody Kessler's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got Seattle on the road, cross the coast, cross the country, minus two and a half on the road in New York after the Ryan uh, pick six Patrick. I don't know. There's Fitz, Fitz six Patrick. I don't know. There's there's so many things you can do with that name and pick six. Fitz Patrick. What did you say? Pixpatrick, I like it. Pixpatrick, interesting, interesting. Uh, a huge brain explosion from from Fitzpatrick last week on numerous occasions. Um, four four interceptions in the in the last quarter of the game. Marcus Peters was was an absolute ball hawk and, and a demon for for the New York Jets, and it doesn't get any easier for for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, now facing Richard Sherman in this Seattle defense and. This should be a really good game with a lot of good defense, especially on the ground. Both both teams really stout against the run, and and uh, I like Seattle to get this done. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing; um, he's going to be wearing a knee brace. But even if he's you know out and they they're limited with him, I just think that this Seattle team is is too good of a team, and they've they've got it together now on offense after last week, and we knew that was coming. And I just think they'll have too much to answer for against the Jets, who are missing Eric Decker. So that makes you know their passing game a little bit more one-dimensional now because Anunua will just slot in at wide receiver two rather than playing inside as a as a sort of H-back slot tight end where he can be a mismatch for teams. Yeah, J- Jimmy Graham's alive. He is the alive. He's alive. That um, is correct. Yeah, no, if they can get that kind of ball rolling with Jimmy Graham, the future looks bright for Seattle. That's for sure. I mean, it didn't look exactly gloomy besides, you know, the actual weather in Seattle. But no, I, two and a half is ridiculous to me, especially New York. New York coming off that kind of game. All right. Well, so we're both obviously taking Seattle in this one. I do love the awakening as well. Seawoke is uh, running the ball well, like shot out of a cannon. And that gives Seattle time to just rest Thomas Rawls and they can just roll with Christian Michael. But it is a tough ask. <laughs> they can roll with him. Nice. Thank you. A lot of roll analogies, a lot of boat analogies here today. So we're both on Seattle minus two and a half, correct? Correct, sir. All right. Uh, let's move on to Buffalo plus seven and a half at a dollar eighty-seven, traveling to New England minus seven and a half at a dollar ninety-five. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo starting for the Patriots. It's been confirmed that he is starting, and Jacoby Brisket, 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 whatever Jake Biscuits, whatever you want to call him is also looking like he'll play and be the backup. And they've also got, you know, hidden superstar quarterback Julian Edelman playing wide receiver. Uh, this took a while for the line to filter in during the week because there was uncertainty about the quarterback position. Man, I would have loved to seen Julian Edelman play quarterback there. Yeah, that would have been that would have been something else. We saw him make one pass, was it last year or the year before? And he just nailed yeah. Amandola, Amandola down the line. It was that in was the playoff. Thing of beauty. Thing it was of amazing. Beauty. Actually, we're talking about that play, saying that that was the play that they uh, they probably wanted to use later on in the playoffs, but had to use it then. That is correct. This this New England team, though, it they're just too they're just too strong across the park. I know there's been a lot of conjecture about the New England quarterback position for the last four weeks, but a lot of love needs to go to this defense who who are look who look like a uh, you know top ten defense in the NFL, and they've got stars all, all along the park, and and they're getting contributions from players like Chris Long and. 
and Javal Shield looks great in his second year in New England system. And their secondary isn't isn't as bad. Logan Ryan, underrated as a corner, and Malcolm Butler seems to be not just you know a one hit wonder with that interception. He's backed up you know his solid play last year with another good start to the season. And I just think this New England defense has too much for this Buffalo offense, and they're not going to get run on like the Cardinals did last week. They they just won't allow that. Bill Belichick will not allow that. And I think Legarrette Blount can run the ball down their throat as well. And I think they'll cover. The minus seven and a half. Yeah, I'm sure Belichick will say, okay, Buffalo can only run the ball. Bruce Arians take note, by the way. Yep. That Belichick will just look at this game and go, well, no Sammy Watkins. They're only going to be able to run the ball. Let's just stack the box and go leave it with a leave the game with a win. I can't this is another line. Seven and a half just seems ridiculous to me. Mm. They're the they're better team nearly everywhere, aside from probably the Sean McCoy, but then Blount's playing better than him anyway. He leads the league and in then, Russian. Exactly. And then you look at the two quarterbacks, and you'd think that Buffalo, who just gave a six-year contract to their starting quarterback, would have a better quarterback than New England's backup. But that's not true. Hmm. Garoppolo's better. He's so. playing a lot better. Uh, yeah. It is funny. And I've, I've got one thing to mention as well with New England. Tom Brady's spotted this week... Sun ba- sunbaking in the nude in Italy. Does that shock you? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, would you do it? Would I sunbathe in the nude? Yeah. Uh, of course I would. If I look like Tom Brady, I probably would. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Exactly. Uh, anyway, New England. I'd might... walk around the streets like that. <laughs> Tom Brady nudist. Just paparazzi following around streets of Boston where he just uh, walks around. That's the fake Tom Brady's next thing. (laughs) Wes Welker. I don't know if Wes Welker has the personality or the confidence to to just rock the mask in the nude. That would be a scary fright, though. That'd be funny. It would be funny. And uh, another thing on New England, obviously, Rex Ryan poses a reporter during the week to ask Julian Edelman if if he was playing quarterback and... He was laughing and carrying on, but you know deep down that he's crying himself to sleep at night at the thought of possibly yeah. losing to Edelman at quarterback. Deep down, he's like, "Please tell me." Yeah, please. please tell me I got what's no going idea on. what you guys are doing, and I need all the help I can get. Please, I need to keep yeah. my job. This this game keeps the uh, Ryan brothers awake at night. More Rex, yeah. Rex Ryan awake at night, and he just he can't get this out of his head, and he yearns to beat Belichick. Like if he beats. If he win, if they somehow win this game, like just take whoever's playing Buffalo the next three weeks, because he would just be riding that coattail, like coattails, and just being heaps relaxed for the next couple of weeks. Just take it easy. Uh, he knows his job's safe. Ah, oh, beat Bill Belichick. I'm fine for the year. All right, uh, Carolina on the road minus three at a dollar eighty three, playing Atlanta plus three at two dollars. Atlanta coming off a strong performance on uh, Monday Night Football against you know a Saints defense that was missing five starters and were already. At, terrible to begin with so they're even more terrible but you can't you know begrudge Atlanta for putting up points in six straight drives played really well and they didn't even need to rely on Julio Jones Matt Ryan leads the league in yards per attempt without actually relying on Julio Jones which is a really good sign for for him uh, who struggled in Shanahan's offense last season seems to have got it together with Kyle Shanahan and, and seems to be thriving and being a lot better quarterback this year and then Carolina you know Put, not put up a stinker, but they just got absolutely hammered in that second half by Minnesota's defense. Atlanta's defense nowhere near on that level, but they did trouble Mike Remmers and, and Cam last year when they were undefeated. They ruined the run 
Um, Vic Beasley had himself a day. Could you see that happening again? This, we were talking about it before we started recording, that yeah. is a very tough game to pick. The range very of outcomes tough. is massive. Yeah, like you can see both teams running away. You can see Carolina's um, struggles continuing, but then you can like you can see the other side of it and say that, well, Carolina's played, what, three games, and the two games they lost were against Minnesota and Denver defenses, which are ridiculous. And the, the game they did win was against the Niners, which are just obviously nowhere near as good. So if you follow that trend, they should beat Atlanta because their defense isn't anywhere near as good. But then you look at it, you look at Atlanta's offense, and I mean, I know they dismantled the Saints, but they did it without the use of the, their best player. So exactly, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a it's so. a puzzle that the pieces can't go together yet. Like we, you, you can't. It, it's a game. It's an avoid game for me. Like you don't. I wish we didn't have to pick. Like obviously we're picking every game, but it's one where I'm just like, oh god, I I don't know. And I just went with the one that has the best price, plus three at two dollars for Atlanta. I can see them exploiting the secondary and keeping things interesting. It could just be a field goal game. Yeah, I think I, I think I want to follow that as well, especially because you know, say, I mean, the secondary of Carolina just isn't as good without Josh Norman. Shock horror. But they they don't have anybody to you know take Julio out of the game, even though they didn't need him last week. But they did. They don't have anyone to do that, hmm. and there's just too many options. There's just too many options on offense for for Atlanta too. And their offensive struggle. line is playing a lot better than it has in previous years as well. Ryan Schrader is a demon, and and their running games. Flying, so is Matty Ice. Yeah, Matty Ice is just killing it. Yeah, exactly. So, it's funny that uh, when you get protection and time, you uh, your routes to, can develop and you actually play a lot better. Who would have Who would have thought about that, eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> who thought Alex Mack would have given such a boost to Huge. that team? <laughs> Massive. All Sorry, right, but... moving on to another game where the range of outcomes is is tremendous, and that's Oakland traveling across the country plus three and a half at a dollar eighty three. To Baltimore minus three and a half at two dollars. Baltimore probably the worst three and O team I can remember in a while. Although you know they're getting better each game, so you know they might be a bad three and O team, but they might be a, a, a much better four and O team because Oakland proves it proves to be their toughest test yet. They've had some wins against some easy opponents and some soft scheduling early on, but. This is a real test. My concern is Oakland traveling across from the West Coast to the East Coast for an early game. A lot of teams struggle with this. Uh, we've seen Seattle struggle with it historically, and I can see them struggling again. I wish the line was a little bit more closer to a field goal rather than three and a half. That would make my tip a little bit easier, but I am taking Baltimore minus three and a half. I, uh, I am not confident in this game at all. I, I just think uh, Oakland could easily turn it on, but their defense is still... Still has huge concerns for me, despite Sean Smith playing a lot better last week. Yeah, well, he couldn't play much worse. But (laughs) speak for yourself when you're talking about Baltimore. I picked Baltimore last week. They're on a roll. They are on a roll. Uh, They're uh, they're playing well. I just I don't know. I just it's so hard when they they Flacco has been looking good. He's playing much better. It, it, It obviously helps having Steve Smith. Steve Smith looks like better than we ever thought he would be coming off an Achilles injury at his age. So he's not quite like Steve Smith again, but like he is still like a, um, you know, yeah. a threat. Know, like you've you got to worry about him at least. Like you can't ignore him. He's 82 years old, <laughs> coming off an ACL, and Ramsey still has the cojones to trash talk him. Mm. I just think... Respect to elders. Yes, I think the Baltimore defense is a lot 
is a, is a lot improved. Uh, Eric Weddle's playing really, really well at a good level. Who would have thought again? Another baffling free agent uh, acquisition when you have you know players like Alex Mack and Eric Weddle still in their prime um, being available on you know on the market. And then like someone like Sharice Wright's playing a lot better. And then Elvis Dumerville is back for for them this week, so their pass rush pass rush will be much better. I think Baltimore will win. You know, yeah, I don't know. It could, it could. I wish it was closer It'll to be a close. field goal. It'll be close. You can see it going either way, but still, yeah. I think looking at the Baltimore team as a whole, I mean, the defense is, has been severely underrated. People have been underrating the defense. They, they have been pretty, pretty good. But yeah. looking at the Baltimore offense, you look at them and you think this isn't the most exciting group. I mean, I know that's bold being led by Joe Flacco, but. <laughs> There's, you've got Flacco, you've got the likes of Forsett, you've got the, the streaky Wallace who never, you never know if he's going to even catch a ball, let alone yep. then the next week where he's going to score three, four touchdowns. Then you've got Steve Smith who's coming off an ACL that you're like, what the hell? Hmm. How are you still playing at this level? And then you've got Dennis Pitter who everyone thought was, you know, dead, already being driven away in a hearse. Yep. So. It's ridiculous how well they're playing for a team that's constructed like that. And mm. especially when you look at the future, you don't think, oh, this, the future looks that bright for Baltimore. But at the same time, they continue this way. Yep, exactly. It, I find it hard that I'm picking them because last week's game against Jacksonville was the worst game that I watched on Game Pass uh, of the season. It was pretty bad. Um, and Blake Bortles should have thrown like five or six more interceptions. But... Uh, yeah, I, I just think that the the travel for Oakland, and I think this Baltimore offense will be able to, uh, to, to you know take down this Oakland defense. All right, moving on to Detroit minus three to dollar eighty three, Chicago plus three at two dollars at home. I, I just think Detroit minus three here is good value. I think the line should be a little bit higher. Uh, look, Brian Hoyer wasn't too bad last week, but it was all in garbage time. Like Dallas were in control of that match very very early. Um, they were dominant on the ground and just controlled the game from start to finish. So it was a dominant performance by Dallas, but Chicago's soft defense allowed them to do that. And they're just missing so many players. They're just too banged up. And when you look at the other side of the ball now, no Jeremy Langford. Alshon Jeffries, really the only thing they've got. And then Zach Miller in the red zone. I just think this Detroit offense has too many weapons for them to uh, to control and and keep them in this game. So I think Detroit will win. I think they'll win quite comfortably. And my only concern is Detroit can't quite run the ball as good as Dallas, so they have to have to go through the air. I can't trust a team that has Brian Hoyes as their quarterback with so many holes and injuries on their team. I just I wouldn't I'd regret it so much if I was to think, you know, Detroit doesn't deserve to be, you know, three point away dogs. Mm. And then so I I mean, I'm go- I'm going Detroit. I think even though they lost last week, I think they'll feed off what they did in the second half. And even though um, it's kind of Green Bay's, I don't know, it's kind of been part of Green Bay's identity to let big leads slip like that. Mm. Detroit, Detroit. I th- I think Stafford played well enough. Mm. He's been playing good. To... No, he has. But I mean, like even in that game, even though they lost, he played well enough to still feel confident in the Detroit offense and stuff going forward. And I like, I know Abdullah's um, absence is, you know, missed obviously, but I think I think they'll get enough of a ground game going to 
trouble Chicago and make it a complete offense. Exactly. And you're going against, you know, losing to one of the most complete teams in the NFC to a team that is on the opposite end of the spectrum in, in Chicago. So obviously that uh, that helps. And it is on the road, but, you know, a lot of these teams, the home team isn't really an advantage anymore when you're, when you're talking about divisions and they're so close to each other. And I think Bill Simmons mentioned something about, like, home and away teams. This It's like nearly at like 50-50 or the away teams are actually winning more than the home teams at the moment this season which is makes sense for the reason why we're picking so bad because you normally favor and lean towards the home team but seems to not be the case at the moment do you think do you think that some fans and crowds are just so expectant and the pressure is just so high in some cities that your team's going to win at home that it has like an opposite effect so like the pressure of the home the home crowd is just so much for for your team that you know you just can't live up to the expectations that they set and they feel that you know going away to play is just yeah I feel, I feel like there's like <laughs> I feel like there's like five or six teams that really have like a, a like an actual home field advantage like and that's about it like Denver and New England and and like teams like that but then, Seattle and Kansas and stuff like that yeah like where it's like a lot of the elements and and they have big crowds and often it's teams that are quite isolated too where you can't get it too many of your your fans going to games whereas on the west coast like Baltimore and Washington and New York and all that like they're all within like driving range of each other so you can get a lot of your team there and and the environment isn't as hostile when you go into it so it, I don't know it depends but um speaking of Denver having a Good home field advantage there on the road across the country. Minus three favorites at Tampa Bay, who are plus three. A lot of that goodwill from Tampa's first start is is wearing off. Where now they've lost uh, consecutive games, and it's hasn't been a good look for them uh, in terms of their defense. Who thought we thought were going to be much improved, but giving up thirty something points to Case Keenum is is not ideal. And then that last drive. Last week, just terrible clock management and timeout management by Dirk Cutter, uh, a blemish on his coach early career as a head coach, and they couldn't get a win. I like Denver minus three. I just think when Tampa Bay play an elite defense, they're going to struggle. I was tempted to pick them plus three because I do like I do think Mike Evans will have like a Kelvin Benjamin like game against this Denver defense, and obviously Denver are a different team on the road. But I just I can't pick against Denver until I see them lose or until they come up against an opponent that I think is on the same level as as them and uh, Tampa Bay are not on the same level as Denver. No, not at all and I think I'm not I'm not going to make the same mistake twice picking uh like when picking Cincinnati against Denver I'm not going to pick Tampa I think the the Denver defense is just ridiculous. It's just crazy. It's just, it, it's just suffocating. And Tampa, you know, we keep giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to bounce back because they have a young team and, you know, they're exciting and Winston's good and Evans is good and there's there's pieces there to be, you know, a more successful team. But no way am I giving them any credit. <laughs> like, no, uh, credit's not the word. There's no way I'm giving them any chance to bounce back against this defense if they haven't yep. been able to do it against say Atlanta and and the Rams as well allowing all that always <laughs> points to to Case Keenum it's not ideal and Trevor Simeon actually played really really well last week proved that he's you know starting quarterback quality in the NFL which is saying a lot about about him as a as a player and and, and as a uh, as a person because that's a tough road win against Cincy and this is a much different uh, different team in Tampa Bay I got a bold prediction this week I think Adam Gotsas will get his first NFL sack 
Oh yeah, you like that? Yeah, I um, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> All right, uh, Los Angeles plus eight on the road to Arizona minus eight at a dollar ninety one. Arizona, one of those teams this year that's underperforming expectations, backs against the wall, a lot of doubt about their legitimacy as a contender in the NFC. While Los Angeles keeping Jeff Fisher's job afloat, a couple of wins now and plus eight on the road. This is a game that's tough. Arizona have been killing me all year with these tips, and I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, it continually burning burning us, burning our wallets, <laughs> burning our hearts. Burning our eyes. Team, burning our eyes because they're not nice to watch. Um, I don't have faith in either team. This is difficult. It, it is so hard. I. Uh... But when, when, it, when it gets to that kind of point, I want to take the points. Yeah. Because... You don't know what way it's going to go. And eight seems a lot. That's a lot for a team that beat them last year and their defense is playing really, really well. Uh, oh, man. But, like, would it shock you if Arizona just come out and just, like, quiet everybody with a huge performance where, like, David Johnson's not. killing it, Carson Palmer's killing it, like, John Brown and Michael Floyd and Fitzgerald all have touchdowns and it's just like, yeah, this offense is fine. And then their defense might, like, actually show up. I I don't know I I'm really struggling with Arizona in terms of picks I I just can't try and it's annoying because I love Bruce Arians but at this at this point I can't trust him that's how inconsistent they've been is I'm at a point where I can't trust Bruce Arians and I'm actually taking Jeff Fisher with points over him and that's if if I'd said that at the start of the season I would have told you to slap me in the face and I would have done it. <laughs> We need some kind of rule when it comes to Jeff Fisher because when it gets to when like we have a New England game and we know not to, we just don't go against Belichick. When we think and there's a possibility that we think that that New England might lose, we just go, you know what, Belichick, we trust. This I feel like we need something with if there's a, if LA have like you know they're eight plus point underdogs. Go Jeff Fisher because he he always figures out a way to cover or make the game competitive when it shouldn't be. Hmm. So this kind of feels like that game. So give me give me LA, even though I can see Arizona easily winning by thirty at the same time. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm on the same boat as you. I uh, I'd rather just at least if we get this one wrong, we've got some clarity on Arizona, and it's like that they've proved us right and they'll prove us wrong, and they've got it together, and it will be a little bit more. Uh, wise about them moving forward we'll know a lot more about them as a team moving forward so that we can uh, trust them again hopefully we'll wait and see how how that pans out all right uh new orleans plus four uh drew Brees returns home to san diego when i say home they they he was once a san diego charger minus four for the Chargers at a dollar 91 a piece this is an interesting game. Should be a shootout. It's projected to have the most points in it by Vegas. New Orleans. What a surprise! Tip- the New Orleans are tipped to have the most points. Yes. Who Who would have thought? Like absolute shock, horror, right? Yep. <laughs> thoughts on Thoughts on the game? I was let down by a, you know. Well, saying that San Diego probably should have won last week. Absolutely against the Colts. And a couple of drops on third down by like Tyrell Williams and, and Melvin Gordon couldn't pick up a first down. Thought Phil Re- Phil Rivers played pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, still it still hurt after declaring them the team of the podcast and then going out and losing. That's the that's what the, our teams do. They lose. Um, yeah, it's the offensive line for Chicago. I mean, for Chicago, what 
for San Diego has been has been shaky, and I think that I mean that isn't the biggest worry against this New Orleans defense, but it's just I don't know. It's it's like read its ugly head again, mm. and it it does concern me. Even though despite New Orleans not having the best pass rush. It's just they mm. shouldn't have to worry about that, especially because they struggled against the Colts, and the Colts don't have the best pass rush. And mm. like New Orleans are on like the same level as the Colts' pass rush. So yeah, that it's worrying. It's worrying. And the Chargers are missing forward. three offensive linemen, three starters on offensive line this week against New Orleans. So that's that's huge, especially for their running game, where Melvin Gordon couldn't get it done last week. He had probably his worst game of the season. Uh, his yards per attempt were yards per carry were were really down, and and they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And um, if they want to get something going, they need to get something going on the ground here against New Orleans. And you know that worked. It's the, that's the winning formula. We saw that from Atlanta last week with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman running wild on them. I like New Orleans plus four here. I feel like they've been in a lot of like all of their games have been really close, and and Drew Brees has been playing really well and keeping them in games. And I think this is the game that they they get over the hump. And I think uh, I think they have a win, and it's tough because San Diego don't really deserve to be one and three, but then New Orleans don't really deserve to be zero and four either. So this game, um, unfortunately, has to have a loser, despite despite the teams playing pretty well, but not their records aren't indicating it. Uh, obviously, New Orleans defense stinks, but I'm just trying to give a little bit of credit here f- to Breeze in the offense, who deserve probably a win um, on their record, and I, I just think they'll they'll win this game. But so I'm taking them plus four. Yeah, I'm taking a plus four as well. I just think the uh, the New Orleans offense is pretty well-rounded at the moment. It's looking pretty good. Mm. The defense, like you said, is putrid, but their offense is ridiculous, even though they did, even though the game that we thought was going to be an absolute monster of a scoring match between the Giants and the Saints wasn't anything like that. I think the bookies might have this one right. It might be the highest scoring game. I can see both sides of the... Both sides of the ball, uh, sorry, both sides of the ball. Both teams on offense um, scoring plenty, but I'll give it to New Orleans to edge it out mm. if it comes to a shootout. Yeah, when there's a shootout like this and the line's over a field goal, I think you take you take the points. Uh, all right, moving on, Dallas minus two, traveling to Levi Stadium to take the San, take on the San Francisco 49ers, who are plus two. It's a dollar ninety one each way. No Des Bryant for the Cowboys. Uh, which hurts, and Lael Collins is out for eight to ten weeks. There's some some injury concerns in Dallas. They're going to be missing a few players, but um, they're a much better team, a much stronger roster than San Francisco's. Give me the Niners. Wow, You're taking the Niners. I went I went Chicago against Dallas last week, and I was you know I was left to rue that mistake. But two weeks in a row, I'm going against them. What's the what's the rationale behind uh, behind this? Well, I mean, I know I I mentioned it earlier in the week that Des wasn't doing that much, he, he, so his you know, his absence won't be missed as much as I think it used to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think I don't know. It's kind of like we've been mentioning with other teams that like when a team is backed into a corner, kind of thing, and San Fran's getting to that point where people were, are excited and. As, see improvement but they're obviously not seeing enough improvement because they've been losing and this could be you know San for another home game and I don't know I think they're going to try to make it hostile for Dak and I think I think this uh uh front line for San Fran can have some success against Ezekiel Elliott even though he has been 
playing well in recent weeks. But I think, I don't know, the Dallas Dallas defense, I'm not sure if they have enough to stop Chip Kelly's offense. Hmm. It, Sam Fran's offense has been sneakily good, and they've had some success against some big name teams. They have. Uh, they've been playing a lot better than what I thought they were. Be, they would be. I I, I uh, think Chip Kelly's doing an okay job as a coach, despite you know the Eagles killing it without him, uh, sort of thing, which kind of looks bad on his part. But obviously, he didn't have Carson Wentz. But uh, it, it's. It's a tough game. I just think Dak, Dak Prescott, I think football outsiders have charted that every single one of his passes so far in the in the NFL, not in the preseason, he hasn't thrown a pass that could have been intercepted. Uh, he's a safe quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over, and I think Zeke Elliott's starting to get a good roll on. I can see them uh, doing what they did to Chicago and, and control the game with a good, strong running game. But you're right, I think on offense, San Fran, they're running the ball really well, like, and they haven't been abandoning the run too early. Carlos Hyde getting a lot of carries in third and fourth quarters despite being down, and I appreciate that from Chip Kelly because he is your best player on your team, and he's putting the ball in the hands of the best player on the roster. But the, the line seems a little bit low to me. Obviously, it moved because of Des Bryant, but I think under a field goal, I think Dallas can uh, can win by three, maybe a Dan Bailey field goal to uh, seal the victory. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Kansas City, plus four and a half. This is Sunday Night Football. By the way, thoughts on the new theme song of that? What, of uh, Sunday Night Football? Yeah. 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 Same thing. Yeah. Same feeling from us. Just, I don't know. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll, uh, I'll warm to it. Yep. Uh, Kansas City, plus four and a half at $1.91. Pittsburgh, minus four and a half at $1.91. Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell both back. Charles, I don't expect to see too much work. I think he's only active because Shark Hendrick West is inactive and out with an injury. So I can see Charles maybe just being a, a change of pace back just as they ease him back into action because I don't think he was in their plans to, to take on a workload this early. Uh, I think you'll still see a lot of Spencer Ware, but Le'Veon Bell is going to hit the ground running. He had a lot of touches in his return last year after being suspended, and they don't, they don't miss. They're just going to feed him the rock and use him in the passing game, and he's going to be an asset. And this this whole offense is so much better with Le'Veon Bell on the field. No offense to D'Angelo Williams, who's done a fine job, but Le'Veon Bell is a, is on a whole different level. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, I'm glad that these two um, running backs are back. I, even though, like you said, Charles won't get the workload that uh, Le'Veon will. It would have been it would be great to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be amazing. Yep. Um, I'm like a. a I do like Kansas City going into this week. And I want to make it clear that it's not an overreaction on Pittsburgh playing Philadelphia last week and losing. I think you just got to ride that game off for them. Yeah, you've got to ride that off. And I'm sure I think that's what Pittsburgh did during, say, the the beginning of the fourth quarter and just thought, no, this isn't going to be our day. And at that point, they should have pulled Big Ben, but Mm. whatever. Um, Yeah, missing Ryan Shazier is going to hurt. Yeah, that's huge. And... I feel that this Kansas City secondary is ridiculous. And so if, you know, if they just kind of put two um, players on Antonio Brown, if they even need to, because, like, Marcus Peters is playing ridiculous. If they, you know, take him out of the game as much as they can and then kind of just, I don't know. Marcus Peters versus Antonio Brown is going to be so fun. It will be. And, like, God, I hope Marcus Peters wins that. Just, Nothing against Antonio Brown. Just I, <laughs> that would be a statement like saying, "Look who I, I'm the best thing out there at the moment." <laughs> that would be just awesome. 
Hmm. I I have Kansas City plus four and a half. I just changed it to Pittsburgh, but now I'm going to change back. I, I I just I can't make up my mind with this because in prime time, Big Ben in, like and the Steelers just know how to win. Like they they're just a whole different team in prime time. And Kansas City haven't been that impressive to me. Like even though they had all those turnovers last week and absolutely killed it. They still only won like twenty three to three. Like they didn't, they didn't put up much points on offense or, or do much else apart from that. They were just gifted a lot of possession and and silly passes from Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're not going to get that from Big Ben, but obviously Antonio Brown versus Marcus Peters is huge. And Kansas City has the top you know ranked DVOA pass offense uh, defense in the in the NFL, so it bodes well for them matchup wise. But Oh man, I I don't know. I, actually, I'm gonna I, I'll stick with it. Pittsburgh minus four and a half. I think I'm that, I'm confident in Kansas City, man. Yeah, I I I, uh, I think Le'Veon Bell's returns huge, and I think uh, they'll run the ball well, and and I think they'll come away with it. I haven't been impressed with Kansas City yet. They, they, all their games have been like really scrappy affairs. That's and, how they. That's how they've always won. Yeah, it's I don't know. You have, just, your, you have your odd forty odd win mm. kind of game from Kansas City, but. In general, they're, they're just a gritty team that wins low-scoring matches, but they kind of feel in control, even though it doesn't look like they are, yeah. if that makes sense. I still come back to that game against Houston where they were terrible. I just... Yeah. I, it hurts. I, but then I you, maybe that's a, a write-off game for them as well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on. So you're taking Kansas City? Yeah. Yep. That should be a good primetime game. Finally, like, it's not, you know, Chicago in primetime. That's a decent game, and this one's going to be a decent game too, Monday Night Football. New York Giants plus four and a half on the road at dollar ninety one. Minnesota minus four and a half at a dollar ninety one. Minnesota finally some favoritism in in markets. They are the uh, four and a half point favorites. Their defense is playing really, really, really well. They're you know we call them, well, I call them the Denver equivalent of the NFC this week in that they've got a competent quarterback that can help them manage the game and their defense will win games for them. New York Giants seem to be a team that I always seem to lose on when they're when they're the favorite and then. I always seem to lose on by tipping against them when they're the underdog. So I'm going to buck the trend here and take them plus four and a half. I think Minnesota's defense might be due for a you know, a little bit of a down game. They've just been at an ungodly level. I, I don't know if they can sustain it, or maybe they can, and, and they just are amazing. And it's just going to be one of these historic years where they just rack up so many sacks and turnovers and pressures and quarterback hits. And if they do, that's that's unreal, and Mike Zimmer deserves all the credit in the world. But... I don't know, four and a half seems like a lot for a team that can't really score too many points. Um, and this, you know, Giants offense is fine. Like, they, they just miscued on a lot of stuff last week. I feel like they could very easily be 3-0. Uh, yeah, so I, I look at the line and I think it, it, it's a little high as well. But then I just keep going back to who Minnesota's already played yeah. and what they've done. And I just think the New York Giants aren't anywhere near as good on offense against those teams, even though they have been playing well. They're just, I don't know. Just, mm. Yeah. Yep. It's a difficult one, but I just, I much, it's become much more obvious that defense does win games. Mm. And I think that this is just, I'm riding with the hot defense. It's, they've, they made Aaron Rodgers look human. And that's still just resonating with me mm. that, what they did to Aaron Rodgers when we just thought they, yeah, nah, give me give me the Vikings. It's been really weird because like normally it's like if you have a really good quarterback, you win eight or nine, ten regular season game, and then your defense really is important in the playoffs. But it seems like the start of this year has been like so defense heavy. Like a lot of good defenses are winning games for 
things and franchise quarterbacks are struggling, not struggling, but not being as effective as they have. It just feels like a strange season. I think you, you just mentioned that then, and it sort of resounded with me then that that's probably possibly what it is, that, that these defenses are, are outperforming. And obviously, offenses take a little bit longer to click, but normally they click by week two or three. And we're now in week four, and some teams are still struggling to find things offensively. And I feel like a lot of defenses are... Are just still dominating way too much, so it, it is. It, it, that's what's made this season for me a little bit interesting and a lot tougher to pick than than previous years. Yeah, I feel like it used to be um, harder to find good defensive talent than it was to find like a wide receiver. Like a wide receiver, anyone could be a good wide receiver and just come in. But now it doesn't seem that everyone's. I don't know. It just seems that these these defensive powerhouses are just coming left, right, and center. Like, yeah. who just who thought that the, you know, the Vikings were going to be an elite defense a few years ago? This is crazy. Um, yeah, but I'm sticking with the, the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are playing in, in their brand-new stadium again for the second time, and the last time they played there, they beat the, the, uh, they beat the Packers. So. Exactly. So, we'll like wait and see. All right, let's uh, go to our lock of the week. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week, proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, our William Hill Lock of the Week. We're one for six on the year, so don't let that deter you, or consequently just rule that out of your tipping if uh, if if you want. So it can work both ways. If you trust us and think that we'll turn it around, then uh, you know go ahead and, and take our picks this week. But if you think no, these guys are terrible, just write off that game and, and look somewhere else. So what's your Lock of the Week this week? My luck of the week this week is New England. I think we've we've uh, we've gone against New England and Belichick too many times in the past, and he's continuously burned us. And I think uh, Belichick has Rex Ryan in his back pocket, <laughs> and will beat him. You know, eight days of the week. That is correct. Yep, I think that uh, that's you know, I feel like Rex Ryan goes to sleep, and the last face he sees before he closes his eyes is is Bill Belichick just actually smiling. I think that's a scary, scary image as you go to sleep. Uh, mine is Seattle minus two and a half. I think that line is way too low. I think uh, I think they'll cover that, and I think they'll win quite easily against the Jets. Tough task for Fitzpatrick again, coming off the worst performance of his uh, of his career, and no Eric Decker this week with that rotator cuff injury. So that's uh, that's our best bets: New England minus seven and a half against Buffalo at home, and Seattle on the road. Minus two and a half. So they're our lock of the weeks. Beautiful. All right. That wraps up the show, man. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend, and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, Wednesday to recap week four, hopefully talking about a uh, comfortable Philadelphia win over the bye and a comfortable Indianapolis win against Jacksonville and Gus Bradley hopefully not getting fired, but it might be likely that he gets fired. And then hopefully talking about Cody Kessler being a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. We're going to smash the bye. <laughs> Absolutely smash it. You'll never see a bye get smashed as much as what Philadelphia is going to destroy that bye this weekend. Carson Wentz just, you know, kills it. He's got the bye in the back pocket. He he knows how to... Or he'll break another record and then <laughs> lose against the bye. Yeah, or something. God, I, I, it would be awesome if he and his teammates made a paper toss video during the bye week. That would be fun. <laughs> After his successful teenage video, if you haven't seen that, by just, the way, just YouTube have you seen that. what he did with his week off? No. Oh, he went hunting. 
We went buck hunting. Yeah. Ridiculous. Not a fan of that, but anyway. Either am I. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page there. All right, that wraps up the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow me at Wood, etc. You can follow the show at Wood and Why. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, check us out.